Well, hey, friend, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can show up, kick off our shoes, and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. Because I don't know about you, but I can always use the reminder that God is at work in our mess. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I have the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which is partnered with women of my church, Life Church, and also a huge fan of the YouVersion Bible app. Y'all, God's Word, literally in our back pockets for free, available in thousands of languages wherever we go. And it's honestly wild to me to think that we live at such a unique time in history when the Bible's not only at our fingertips, but there are also so many incredible free tools that can help guide us, help us stand for both truth and grace, and help us intimately know the one true God. Y'all, we are without excuse. And that shouldn't scare us but excite us and empower us because we have been invited into the story. We have been entrusted to shine God's light into a world that desperately needs it. And that doesn't have to be fancy. It means at your local grocery store, at your favorite coffee shop, in a meeting with your coworkers, at your table with your kids. So as we head into summer and these episodes slow down for a few months, we can remember that God cares so deeply about our individual lives, about our very own messy stories. And you know that we absolutely love sharing stories, but God is not just at work in our personal stories. He's also at work in the collective overarching story of the world that we are all a part of, the greatest story on earth. And as women who are trusting in the God who made us, who are following the way of Jesus, this isn't merely an ancient story or some fairy tale. This is God's story and it's our story and it's still playing out today. And just like anything else in life, we don't have to check our brains at the door. We can choose to dig in and study the evidence for our faith and offer the hope we have to as many people as possible. And I can't think of anyone better to share a piece of her heart and point us back to the greatest and messiest story of all time. Elizabeth Woodson is a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary with over a decade of ministry experience. She's written two books, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hope For, and her latest, From Beginning to Forever, a study on the grand narrative of Scripture. And she also hosts the Starting Place podcast and the Culture Matters podcast, and so generously contributes her voice and her words and her super fun personality to all kinds of impactful ministries. I think you're going to love hearing from her just like I have. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join me for a chat with Liz. Well, Elizabeth, we are thrilled to have you. And so welcome to The Messy Table. Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm excited to be here. So excited. Okay, so do you go by Elizabeth or do you ever go by Liz? I go by both Liz and Elizabeth. It's funny, I used to have uh, one of my former pastors used to call me Lizzie when I was doing good. And when it was Elizabeth, I knew there was a problem. (laughs) I was a staff member. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Love that. (laughs) But half the people call me Elizabeth, half the people call me Liz. Perfect. Well, I have done a little research and I've noticed that you are one of those superhumans who seems to do it all. So like you write books, you teach the Bible, you've graduated from seminary, you host a podcast, you create really helpful content, especially when it comes to understanding the Bible, which I love. And so what else, Liz, what else do we need to know about you? I mean, you covered a lot. I will add this fun fact. If I think about like life, it's kind of like these like stops along the journey. Ministry is the second stop. So my first stop was actually um, accounting. So I spent about 10 years in nonprofit accounting. I'm a CPA. Oh. I tell people the IRS will find you. Just, <gasps> just file your taxes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good tip. Uh, that's good advice. That's good advice. Um, <laughs> and so the Lord just did a really cool thing, which he always does is unexpected. Um, I always had a passion for the Bible and learning about the Bible, um, but that was kind of the back burner and just volunteering at my local church about 15 years ago, changed the trajectory um, into ministry. So it's been a cool story to see. Mm-hmm. I still use the skill set, but it's been a long time since I've analyzed some financial statements. So accounting, are you like very type A brain? I, I in some things, I do like things in order. Yeah. And I figured this out. I had my sister came to visit me a couple of years ago and I realized I had a problem when like <laughs> I aligned her shoes at the door. <laughs> 
I was like, she just left it. She is. And I was like, let me just train this up. I said, you have a problem. You have a problem. I do that. <laughs> and my kids' shoes are always everywhere. And so uh, no. sometimes just, you know, when I'm walking out the door, if I just put them in order, it makes me feel better about myself, yes, about my day. Yes. Like I have something <laughs> together, even if nothing else exactly. is actually together. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So obviously this is the messy table and yeah. we've all had our share of messes, yeah. whether they're big, whether they're small or really, we've probably had all of them, all of the above. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you would give us some of your personal backstory, like when has life been messy, but still you've gotten to know and experience God's faithfulness? Yeah. yeah. I am single, never married, no children. Mm-hmm. And so the pandemic was interesting for me because I spent a lot of time by myself. Mm. And that isolation, I, I tell people I probably fell into not as uh, a heavy depression, but I was depressed during that season. And I think a lot of other people were the isolation and not being with people yeah. um, and really just trying to find God in the midst of being a person who worked on staff at a church. And so trying to navigate church life while I'm dealing with my own sadness um, because I miss my family, I miss my friends mm-hmm. and trying to navigate a season that was difficult. And so it's like, Lord, how do I not just find you in this place, but how do I thrive? Yeah. Yeah. And so one of my... Um, my first book, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy in the Life You Have, is not the life you hope for. Really, it was written at the tail end of the season. Oh, okay. Because it was, it was me looking back at the entirety of my life, but really being like, okay, I teach this stuff all the time. I am in this stuff, but really, how do I grab hold of it anew and really kind of burrow out? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will say this, I'm a person who believes in counseling and medication and all the things. Um, you do what you need to with the Lord. Yeah. And in the season, what I needed was to take the truth I had been teaching and grab onto it anew mm-hmm. and walk in faith that God would be who he said he was. That's good. But the messiness was, it was, it was hard and it was sad. Um, God was faithful, but it was a valley moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we have a lot of single ladies who listen. Yeah. And so yeah. shout out to all of them. Yeah. Uh, what's a big thing that you really did learn about yourself or about God in that season? I learned that God's blessings are always there. Mm-hmm. And so I look back and he was caring for me. He was providing for me. Um, even as I would be able to reflect into previous seasons, you know, it is that I wasn't looking for it. It maybe didn't show up through the person I wanted it to or the way I wanted it to. And so I was like, oh God, you know, I'm still praying. Lord's like, I've sent you people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've sent you kindness. I've sent you you know, reminders of who I am. I've sent you a place of belonging. You might not want to show up there, but I do have a seat for you. And so for me, it was, man, how can I not lean into the negativity? Um, I think our culture, social media, it's really easy to be negative. It's really easy to complain. Mm -hmm. It's really easy. My mother's like, nastiness is not a spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's really easy to do those things. And not be grateful. Mm-hmm. And I found myself talking in the past few years just about the spiritual habit of gratitude and forcing ourselves to be intentional about, Lord, what have you blessed me with today? Because if there's breath in my body, I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. And how can I acknowledge that? And in doing that, my eyes are lifted and they're able to see, even in the midst of the valley, the God's still here and he's still blessing. He hasn't given up on me. There's still hope. And taking that day by day and sometimes moment by moment. But the biggest thing I learned was he's here. Like right now. Right now. He's present. He's working. Mm -hmm. And how can you uncloud your vision to be able to acknowledge and see it and live in that? Like live in the truth of who God is, even though it doesn't feel like it's true. Because your feelings won't always align with what is true. Oh, preach. That we would walk in truth. And so it was that. It was like, Elizabeth, he was there. You needed to see him. And so I now I do that in my present walk, mm-hmm. which is, okay, Lord, where are you? Where, where? So I don't take for granted the blessings that you're giving me. That's good. Well, and I love what you said about uncloud your vision because mm-hmm. he hasn't gone anywhere, but okay. sometimes it can seem cloudier to us. Exactly. So I was just reading this morning. I think it was in Psalms. I'm doing the Bible recap. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But I, this morning, one thing that stood out to me was in the Psalms, it was just talking about, 
different sacrifices that the people were making to cover for their sins yeah. and how God was like, I don't want that. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, that's such a good reminder. And it brings us to such a different place in our perspective, like as yeah. we're coming before him or starting our day. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. so obviously throughout the years, you have grown and matured in your relationship with Christ. And so yeah. what are some like important lessons that he has taught you about himself yeah. and about his reflection in you? So not just this season, but in general. Yeah, I would say the beauty of the hard place mm. and persevering. Um, you know, so the the lesson, you know, that we want to grow in the Lord, we want to become more like him. And often the ways in which he does that is in the hard moments. And so I have, uh, so yeah, like nobody wants We don't want like, it. Can I just become like Christ? Like, can I wake up like that? Exactly. Like, <laughs> o- overnight. <laughs> can you do the work? I woke up like this. No, I didn't. But no, no, didn't. And <laughs> I, I used to work on staff leading ministry in two different churches at two different times. Mm-hmm. And so I have just lots of ministry stories and ministry grew me up as a person. It helped me learn how to lead. It helped me learn how to trust the Lord. And I just remember, you know, some really hard moments where I'm like, Lord, I know I feel like you told me to be here, but was I listening to myself? Right, like, exactly. Is this the moment? That's a real thought. A real thought. And perseverance, some of my mentors, uh, one in particular, I talk of her often because she showed me what it meant to persevere. Mm. And she showed me what it meant to show up every day, trusting that the Lord can do a work and how that's forming me, right? We live in a culture of immediate gratification. We want it to happen right now. I pray, Lord, for you to do something. And if you don't do it in the next 20 seconds, you're not answering my prayers. Like I was like, can, can you just give me a little bit of time mm-hmm. <laughs> to come through with what you're asking me to come through with and that we would show up on his promises. We would show up in the truth of scripture. We show up as participants in the story of scripture, as a kingdom community, bringing people to Christ, helping them grow into his image as I stick Mm. to the hard things. Mm. And day by day, week by week, month by month, you look back and you're a different person. Mm -hmm. And your ability to navigate more difficult circumstances, because there is also the dynamic of, Lord, I want more. Lord, I want this opportunity. I see this person doing this thing. I want this role. I want to be able to do this thing. But whatever you're hoping for comes with greater difficulty, with the greater influence, greater impact is also greater difficulty. Mm. And it is these smaller moments that form our character for the greater moment. Mm. And so it is, let me show up. I'm always thinking what I'm going through is for now, but it's also for the future. Mm-hmm. One of the lessons I learned really was a lesson of the need to stick in there. And sticking in there is like a cool thing to say when it's all over. <laughs> but when so it's right. like, <laughs> you're walking in the morning, like, okay, girl, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to work. It's going to be good. We're going to have a great day. And I am learning to... Um, learning to trust him for the long road. That's good. And I've seen him do some really beautiful things, but I had to stick in there to see the beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, I think the lessons to learn of uh, my own selfishness, mm. um, that in the hard place, what we can think about the most is ourselves. And I'm a person who believes in calling a thing a thing, mm-hmm. validating emotions. If it's hard, it's hard. We don't need to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. But I am in a community of people who who are also suffering, Yeah, who are also going through other things, who need me to show up and be present, um, who need me to share my experience, to give them an opportunity to use their spiritual gifts. That's good. And so in the moments where I'm just isolation, especially as a single, um, the ease can be to just think of myself and my problems and what's broken with me and not to see the people around me. I I was just, um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she was telling me about a podcast she was listening to. And, you know, you're in a new church and you're trying to find community. And the question is, where can I find people to give me a sense of belonging or people to love me? Really is the question. And the podcaster's answer was, instead of looking for who can love you, why don't you show up and see who you can love? Mm. And in that space, you'll probably find lots of love to be given to you as well. That's good. And such a flip perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they needed to flip the perspective. As I'm looking at what I don't have, Mm -hmm. why don't I look at what I can give and the ways that I can show up Mm -hmm. um, and the ways that I can love, even in my brokenness. And I learned just, Elizabeth, the work doesn't stop. And I don't say work as if it's arduous, but the invitation we have to really bear witness to the resurrected King and his work in our lives every day. Come on. I'm invited into that. And how can I, as I'm kind of limping along, 
do that for somebody else because somebody needs to hear an encouraging word. Somebody needs to hear the word you you got as you were reading through scripture in your daily quiet time. Somebody needs to hear that prayer request that God has answered. Somebody just needs to know, I see you, sis. Yeah. I love you. I want to be with you and present in your story. We're going to find healing together with the Lord. And there's so much opportunity to share blessing that I can miss because, and really I do believe that sometimes it can be the work of the enemy that we're so distracted with what we don't have. Yeah. We don't see the opportunities of what God is bringing to. And so those, I got lots of lessons, but those two come to the top of the list for me of what do you do in the hard place mm-hmm. and how do we persevere until the Lord says otherwise? And how do we find the joy and blessing in the hard place? Mm-hmm. Because God has an opportunity for us to be his people, which is a beautiful, beautiful privilege. Man, you're preaching to me. <laughs> so good. It also makes me think that that hard place that you're talking about, you were talking about labeling things like yeah. calling the thing a thing. Yeah. And sometimes I think it can almost be not easy, definitely not easy, hard, yeah. but almost easier when you're like, hey, I'm walking through depression. This is hard. Someone died and this is hard. Yeah. But whenever it's just like life is just not going great or you're just frustrated yeah. or like the other day, it was just me making a decision. And afterwards, I was like, I made the wrong decision. And then he still showed up in such a beautiful way. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like, obviously I know this, but just the reminder that even whenever I'm not paying attention or I am distracted or I do make the wrong decision, like he knows, he already knew ahead of time and he's still showing up for me even there. And I'm just so grateful for that. Anyway, just even if someone's listening to this and thinks, well, maybe I wouldn't call this brokenness or I wouldn't call this maybe a super hard thing, but it's hard. Like whatever it is in your work or with a friend or with your toddler or teen or whatever, like it can still be hard, even if it's not like a huge season. Yeah. Cause there are, there's some little moments discouraging or today was just frustrating or, and it just, it just was kind of blah. Yeah. Today was a blah day. Exactly. And I hope for more. Um, those moments matter too. Yeah. And the same God that works in the big, hard moments works in the smaller ones, too. Uh, That's good. I actually saw this on your Instagram and I wrote it down because I thought it was so good. Um, You said, don't confuse the middle of your story with the end of your story. Just because you can't see the plan doesn't mean God doesn't have one. Trust God's sovereignty more than your limited eyesight. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm raising tweens and teens over here. And that's something I need to remember like every day. Yep. Yep. So I love that. I thought it was so good. Yeah. Okay. So I want to kind of jump into that you wrote a Bible study and you mentioned that you've also written another book, but you wrote a Bible study called From Beginning to Forever. And it studies this grand narrative of scripture, which I love because I feel like this is kind of my jam. Like I love the Bible recap with Tara Lee Cobble. I love the Bible project, which, you know, helps the rest of us understand that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And I love the Jesus Storybook Bible and really your study, along with all of these, kind of had this theme of yeah. it's joining the narratives of yeah. the entire Bible, yeah. not just pulling out one book yep. and saying, like, this is all pointing somewhere. We're all going somewhere. Yeah. And so as you've studied and researched and learned, like, what do you want people to know about this amazing story? Yeah. I know that's kind of a big question. Like how much time you got, Jen? Sorry. <laughs> it's like, how much time you got, Jen? Um, probably one thing. I'll try to... I'll try to Let's start with one. Is... The way your Bible starts and ends is really important. Mm. And our Bible starts with God creating us in this environment of shalom Mm -hmm. and its peace and its wholeness. Like shalom is a Hebrew word. Our word of peace is limited and conveying the vastness of it. But it's like a world where everything is it ought to be. Mm. Everything's perfect. You're whole emotionally, physically, spiritually. Relationships are whole. Everything is wonderful and perfect. That's how he creates us. And there are these dynamics which must be present in order for that shalom to work. And one of those is that we are in relationship with God and submitting to his will um, and caring for one another. And we see sin, you know, after a couple pages uh, in Genesis 3. But the story starts to tell us that God's creation was good Mm -hmm. and that sin is an intruder. Sin is not meant to be here. And one day it won't. Mm. And so we can get lost through a lot of like Leviticus. I always went to like Leviticus <laughs> and the prophets or people disappear. Oh, they're not already playing. They're like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know about this. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But as we read through the Old Testament, what we're seeing is 
humanity's problem with sin and God's faithfulness. And it's back and forth. Will humanity be faithful to God? Will they follow the covenant? Will they follow the law? But you see God be faithful throughout. Um, and with the coming of Jesus, you see the fulfillment of, like God's like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. But you get to the very end in Revelation. And Revelation 21, where it tells us that the sun and moon no longer light the sky mm-hmm. because the glory of God does. Mm-hmm. And God is dwelling with humanity once again. And he created a paradise for us to live in with him. And he recreates it so that we might experience shalom and we live with God for eternity. Mm. Eternity has no end date. Christians believe in immortality. We believe we live forever because of Jesus. And to me, it just, the Bible's telling us, okay, why is the world the way it is? And who am I supposed to be in the midst of that? The Bible's not the end all be all for every question we have. It gives us wisdom. It gives us a framework which to answer those questions. But the big thing for me is I always point to and my hope is that I get to be with God and community with other believers forever. <laughs> no matter how dark it gets, no matter how hard it gets, yeah. no matter what's happening in politics or government or what mm. empire or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> God has already won and they will all bow a knee to the one and only true God. Yeah. Um, and so that Come just, on. every time I teach to you, yeah, it clap. just... <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get to the end, it makes me tear up a little bit because I'm like, this is what I believe. This, yeah. is, this is what I believe. Like, this is what it means to be a Christian, mm-hmm. um, how I view the world and how it changes everything. And so that's probably the first one um, that I would love for people to see in scripture and to really cherish and to find hope in and vision in is just the way it starts and the way it ends. The book ends mm-hmm. point to something greater. It's such a good reminder. You said a couple of things that really stood out to me. I mean, the whole thing was great, but you hear all the time people say, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And it's so true, but it's a good yet fallen, good yet fractured world. And it's still good. Like just because we do live in a fallen world doesn't mean the goodness is gone. And so I love that you bring up that point. I think that's often missed or that like somehow now the world is just completely different. And yes, it is, but the goodness that God intended is still there. And then I also love that you mentioned the moon, sun, and stars, the light from that will be gone at the end and it'll be God's glory. And it reminds me of the beginning whenever actually God existed and light was created before the sun, moon, and stars. And I'm not here to get into a, you know, theological debate about the age of the earth or whatever. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, yeah, it's really cool. It's really beautiful how those tie in. Yeah. We can look at ourselves. We can look at creation and look at the the impact of sin. And it's true. We see the stain of sin everywhere. Mm-hmm. But God created us with such goodness and beauty. And that's the way that we would view ourselves, but also view other people in creation. Mm. Um, and that really probably links me to the other thing that I try to talk about a lot, which is how we were created in God's image and given a divine task to do of caring for God's creation. Mm. And so before we get to the fall, before we get to a broken world, we get explanation of who are we? We mostly ask two questions about life. It may seem philosophical, but in one way or another, we're asking these questions, who is God? Mm-hmm. Like, is there this divine being that exists outside of me? You know, we're in, a, in an age where people talk a lot about like spirituality and the universe <laughs> and manifesting things. It's God. Yeah. <laughs> Yahweh, yeah. the one true God of the Bible, but also who am I? Mm. And we are made in the image of God. And what that means is we were created to reflect God's likeness to the world. We are not God, but we are like him in that we are called to reflect his character and nature. That's our good and perfect design. Mm. That is who you're supposed to be on a rainy day and a sunny day. That's, good. Um, that's a privilege and an honor. And it's one of value and worth. That you have value not because you have a bunch of stuff or you look a certain way or your kids go to a certain school or you married a certain person or you have education or job. Any of the things that our culture would give value to you for, you're valuable because you're made in the image of God. That um, one of Christianity's stamps on history is that we have a high value of the human life. Mm -hmm. And so even I love culture and faith. So I talk a lot about like what people are thinking in today's culture and how that reflects mm-hmm. on yeah, you our Christian faith. Podcast about podcast. Faith and culture, <laughs> I do. Right? I do. I do. And you know, we believe that everybody's life is valuable. Yeah. Period. You know, even if people disagree with you politically, um, whether it is 
a lot of the different arguments of our day on issues are grounded in the fact that you're a human being and you should be cared for. You should have rights. Mm -hmm. That's not inherent to human history. Mm. Throughout history, it was the strong is better than the weak. Mm. The rich is better than the poor. It was like, if you had more, if you brought more to the table, then that's why you had more rights and more opportunities. But you see Christianity throughout history change history by saying every human is valuable. That's right. That is one of the grounding principles of our faith. And we see that throughout scripture and changes how we treat ourselves. It changes how we treat other people. And so what should be true of us is that we love God's creation as much as he does. Mm -hmm. And we care for his creation as much as he does. And we also see that in he gave us his task, be fruitful and multiply, rule and subdue. Um, Super technical terms is that we're sub rulers in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Any authority you have is derived, right? So any opportunity you have to lead someone, yeah. whether it's in a official position in the government or it's leading your kids, <laughs> um, that's from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we are stewards, not owners. It's good. And that means we have responsibility and accountability that we've been given something to use and we better use it the right way or else the one who really owns it is going to have something to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. And And so that to me is also another place I love to just sit and talk about because there's so much beauty in, I think, inspiring women that God has something for you, no matter what season of life you're in, Mm -hmm. that you are making impact and being faithful to show people him is impact. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also is, each of us has a divine design. I love Excel spreadsheets and some people would rather anything (laughs) in their life. But to open one of those, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a creativity, your personality, yeah, and the things you love. Like God has given us the world to make it better mm-hmm. for everyone. And mm-hmm. there's so much coolness and technology. Like all these things we've been given are not happenstance, but they're tools and gifts from the Lord to be able to care for His world. And so. When people look at the story of scripture, there's a lot there. Yeah. But those are two things I hope people get is Mm. first kind of what God has created us to do, which is dwell with him for eternity, but also who he created us to be. And that is people who show the world who he is and people who care for his creation so that everything and everyone thrives. Yes. We could just stop the podcast right there like that. (laughs) Uh, These are foundational truths. I mean, even just asking who is God and who am I? And yes, yeah. little kids can ask these questions and adults ask these questions, but they're yeah. so foundational to our faith. And, yeah. you know, we live in this, what many people have labeled as a post-Christian culture yeah. where Christianity isn't the dominant religion right. necessarily anymore in certain places. And so I think these things are so huge to keep in mind as believers who are living yeah. at this unique time in history. Yeah. And so what are some things that have been really huge for you when studying the Bible, when relying on the Bible? to say like, I can plant my feet on this truth because this is concrete. This is the rock. Yeah. A place of concreteness I come to often is the character of God. Mm -hmm. And so learning the pieces of his character throughout scripture and then really planting myself in that. So I can trust that God is sovereign, that he is in control. And so when life feels out of control and I'm trying to have a very tidy house because that makes me feel like something's in control (laughs) while everything else is a little crazy and chaotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, God is in control and it's going to work out. Like Mm -hmm. I will literally tell myself, Elizabeth, you are okay. You will be okay because God is sovereign. That's good. Like bring it down. Yeah. You don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. Um, To, to plant myself in God's love, uh, which is unconditional and eternal. Mm. Um, So much of our understanding of love is, temporary and conditional. Yeah. And so people love us based upon what we do for them. Mm -hmm. And when we stop showing up the way they want us to, they withhold love from us. They shame us. uh, They make us feel guilt. All the the things that you could talk about forever. But God's love is not like that. Yeah. And so when I'm a moment, it's like, man, I just missed the mark today. Mm -hmm. Like, I just didn't do it. It doesn't mean I don't need to confess and repent and walk in holiness. But what it does mean is God doesn't love me any less than he did before. Mm-hmm. That he's not like, man, Elizabeth, you can't get it together. I don't know why I saved you. That's not what he's saying. Uh, but sometimes I think we can say that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the trail of thoughts, like we talk to ourselves the most. Yeah. And am I saying about myself what is true? Uh, and really what's true about me is connected to what's true about God. 
And then his power. Uh, God is omnipotent. And he, in some sense, shares that power with us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. That the same God who got Jesus up from the grave, that power dwells in us. And that we will be women of courage and boldness. Yeah. And yes, you can do it, Elizabeth. <laughs> I like to use a phrase, do it afraid. Yeah, girl. <laughs> the fear might not dissipate, but you can go and make it happen mm-hmm. <laughs> because the Lord is with you. And to that boldness, whether it's just an awkward situation for my people who are introverted and like scared of social <laughs> awkward situations, <laughs> I can find you a friend in the group. Yeah. Or it's something much more uh, that the impact is much more wide and deep, that we would be bold to stand for truth. We will be bold to walk the path of holiness. We'll be bold to love our kids and to disciple them in the way of Jesus when the culture is trying to disciple them in their way in very, very subtle ways. Um, that we would hold to beliefs that are not popular, but are true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I would be a woman of courage. And so I think of that often, that I don't go by myself in any situation. God goes with me. Mm-hmm. And that I would really live like that. And for each moment by moment, expecting God to show up. Mm. I show like I may not feel it, but he's there. And that I would live in that place of truth. That's so good. It reminds me of the verse in First Peter that says to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but to do this with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And I think that yeah. last part of it is so key yeah. because in a world, as you're talking about, where we want to stand for truth yeah. so that we don't, you know, what do people say, fall for anything? Exactly. We have to be people in this upside down kingdom yeah. that do it with gentleness and respect or no one's going to listen. Right. It is, you communicate a gospel of love Mm -hmm. when you are hateful and mean. Are words dehumanize? See, we have to have both. We communicate truth in love. To have one without the other is to really fail to walk in who we're called to be. You're so right. Okay, so obviously you're having conversations about the Bible all the time because you're teaching the Bible and you love scripture, which I love. You're a Bible nerd, all about it. Yeah. So what are some frequently asked questions that you think really need to be addressed? Uh, like some things that come up often. Probably questions that people would have is, why is it worth my time to study the Bible? Yeah. Um, and I don't think people ask this question. They Their actions they show think it. it. <laughs> they think it. And... I'm the person that will get lost in a theological rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recognize that I'm not always, I'm like, when people ask me, what have you read? Sometimes I'll gauge the room and be like, I might be able to share. I just read the systematic theology. Nobody cares what it's with. Yeah. Talk about the fiction book you just read. <laughs> um, I'm with you though. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that we would be a people who commit time to learn the things of God the same way we do everything else. And so one question that comes up is I don't feel like I can do this. Like you do that, Elizabeth. You went to seminary, like like you worked in staff at church, that's for you. Mm. But that's not for me. And I want to say, we all have the capacity to do amazing things. I have seen moms do things beyond my imagination to get their kid into some program, to make (laughs) sure their kid has whatever resource that they need. It's like, we are there at the game, at the practice. Listen, I just saw the world turn their lives upside down to get Taylor Swift (laughs) tickets. So exactly. So we have the capacity and the ability is that we would believe that we are missing out on something if we don't pursue the study of God's word. Mm -hmm. That I am worse off by not studying God's word than I am just kind of sliding through. Um, And again, it isn't that I'm trying to do this deep dive every day, but I just have this regular habit of showing up. I love that. um, To know more about God. And I would genuinely believe that. If you can watch binge seasons of TV, (laughs) if you can show up for whatever exists, I'm going to leave that one there. (laughs) Get up, my Bible teacher, have happy horse. <laughs> uh, but that's probably one. Um, another one is like, how do I have conversations with people who believe things that are different than me? Yeah, that's good. And so, as Christians, there is a set of beliefs that we all hold that make us Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is divine. Like you can't not believe that and still be a Christian. 
that makes you not a Christian. <laughs> exactly. It's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are other beliefs we hold. We do our best to study scripture and we, with charity, sometimes disagree. Yeah. And the question is, um, how do I discuss with someone things that I disagree on? Mm -hmm. And what I like to tell people is for us to learn the art of conversation, which requires listening, mm -hmm. that I'm willing to listen to someone and not listen to answer, but listen to really understand. Yeah, not just waiting to talk. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I got one for you. I got, I got a good comeback. And so that we would, we would do that. And a That's lot of good. times our conversations are better in person than they are online. I think yeah. we all know this. A text message can convey lots of things it doesn't convey because yeah. we read it wrong. I think we've all been wrapped up in one of those before. Yeah. You're like, oh gosh, this <laughs> yeah. just went south. <laughs> exactly. And so listening, but then also being able to know that uh, listening, understanding their viewpoint, being able to explain yours. Um, and so that means having taken some work and doing some time to be able to look in scripture to be able to find some good resources to learn more about why you believe what you believe. And sometimes that is just because this is all I've heard. Mm -hmm. This is a church I grew up in. But maybe let me, as I'm having this discussion, I'm learning things um, and maybe learning a different perspective. Maybe I still sit like, no, I don't agree with that. But it's also okay to disagree. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say, I don't have to win this fight. It's not mm -hmm. a fight. It's a conversation. Like about the non-essentials. Exactly. And so to me, it's, that is challenging us to do a little bit more work to be able to explain our positions, um, but also to have the grace and charity to learn in community with other people mm -hmm. and to know that our development as believers happens over time. Mm -hmm. And so it's that I'm on this journey of learning and I'm willing to have conversations with people I don't disagree with because they may help me better learn why I agree with what I do agree with. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's something that I encourage people to do is to not be afraid of those conversations. That's probably really what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. no, that's good. Is don't be afraid of that. Don't feel like you have to win them. And are you saying like a believer having a conversation with another believer about a non-essential mm -hmm. or in general, like someone who is an atheist or believes something completely different? Yeah, I would say both. You know, the believer to non-believer that we would have clarity about the gospel. Um, yeah. But the Holy Spirit's the one that changes hearts. Amen. We can feel the need that oh, I got to win them to Christ right now mm. in this conversation. And their views have probably progressed over time. Yeah. And so that we would do it so that we can continue conversation with them and really have a life that matches up with the words that we're saying, because that's going to go a long way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say the same for both. The goal is to honor. The goal is to clearly explain. The goal isn't always to win because um, that can put us in a place that's unhealthy where we dehumanize another person. Yes. But we want to be clear about what we believe. I will say yeah. that. Okay. That's really good. I like it. Um, any other tips for women who want to study the Bible? And I'd say, let me create two camps mm -hmm. for a second, even though I know there's like a billion all the gray area in between, but someone who is like, I'm completely new to this. Where do I start? Yeah. And someone who's like, I've known the Bible, read the Bible my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of at a stagnant place in my faith. You know, how can I press in deeper? Yeah. So two camps. Um, for the new, brand new person, what I would say is uh, that there's a couple of things you need to just get in to studying your Bible. One, is just a good Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so That's good. translation matters. Mm -hmm. uh, the translations we have are good, but some are just more readable than others. Yeah. And so if you're one of my KJV folks, I love you, but maybe the NIV or Man, the Man, I struggle with King James. <laughs> like, what? It's a little rough. It's a little rough. Yeah. And so sometimes we just don't read because our translation, you're like, I just don't understand. And it feels like it's all the time. Yeah. Um, the most readable ones to me are the NIV, the New International Version, the Christian Standard Bible, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the um, the New Living Translation. Yeah. Yeah. I love the NLT. Yeah. I love also, unlike the Version Bible app, I love to pull up the compare button. Yes. And so I'll see like four different versions yep. that I trust, yep. you know, like ESV, NIV, NLT, or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. and then compare and be like, mm -hmm. oh, there's slight differences, but 
you said it earlier in our conversation, but sometimes the Hebrew or the Greek word, yep. it just has limits or I'm sorry, our English words have limits yeah. to what the original text was trying to say. Exactly. And so I love comparing because then you can get more of like a full picture yeah. of what the word is really trying to say. Yeah. And you mentioned what my second step would be, which is to find, to use a good like app, like you version. Mm. Um, there are so many good free tools. I love free tools yeah, um, because everybody doesn't have the financial resources uh, to invest in all the things. And so you have a good Bible, you have a Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. And so whether that is, I'm just going to read through the gospels for however long the plan goes. Uh, I would love for everybody to read through the Bible. I also know that some things it's like, it's, it's a lot. It can be a start. lot. <laughs> it can be a lot. I would love for you to get there, but just start. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you have a plan and you can read through the passage and you version app has a lot of fun videos and just tools to help you. I think the Bible project has a you version app plan. And so you get to see their yeah. videos as you are reading through the book. And so good Bible, get a plan and then using a method to help you meditate on scripture. And so the ones I recommend to brand new um, folks who are brand new to it are either the discovery method or the SOAP method. And so this is just every day I'm reading, these questions are helping me think and meditate on the text. Mm -hmm. The inductive Bible study method is one where we do the deep dive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of times those are helpful when you get a book to go along with those. So authors like Jen Wilkin, The Navigator's Life Essentials, um, N.T. Wright has a series, Warren Wearsby has a series. They're little tiny books. Jen Wilkins is not a little tiny book, <laughs> but the other ones are little tiny books and they just step you through the text. And when I was starting off in Bible study, I would go get those mm-hmm. and it would just take me through the entire book. Are you talking about Jen's uh, like women of the word? Women of the word or her Bible studies. So oh, like, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general. First Peter, Genesis, Exodus. Yeah. They give you a, they're a guide. Yeah. I think of those folks as guides for the journey. Get you a good Bible, get you a good Bible reading plan. Choose a method to help you meditate on your daily reading. Get you a journal to write down some thoughts. And then when you want to do a deeper dive, get a guide through the method of a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be my starter. You mentioned SOAP. What was the discovery? What does that mean? The discovery method, it is, you're going to ask, what does this passage teach me about God? Okay. What does it teach me about humanity? Um And how am I going to respond to it? I think there might be one or two other questions, but it's really focusing on those two buckets of us focusing on the truth about God and focusing on who we're called to be in the light of him. That's good. And then how we can share that. Because sometimes it feels like we have to be an expert to do the things. And this one reminds us that we don't. No. Yeah. We're always learning. And then SOAP is, let's see, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "Ah." Yeah. yeah. I love those tips. Um, Okay, so you were talking about free tools. What other free tools do you use and love? I love the Bible Project. Yeah. Like, love them, love them, love them. And if anyone has done their classroom stuff that they have, I mean, it's basically like a free version of a mini seminary. It's great. It's great. They're such high quality. I love the fact that they're videos. Not Mm -hmm. everything they do are videos, but the visuals help a lot. Um, and it's great for kids and adults. So yes. Bible Project is one of my favorites. Uh, Blue Letter Bible yeah. has a lot of commentaries. If you need a Bible dictionary, if you need an atlas or a map, sometimes you can find those on these websites that I will mention, or even a concordance. And a concordance is, let's say you want to, you're looking at this word peace and you want to know where else in scripture it pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps you have some continuity on whatever I think peace means in this passage is probably connected to what it means to other passages in scripture. And so a concordance will do that for you. So Blue Letter Bible is a great resource. Biblehub.com mm-hmm. um, is another resource I use. You can pull up a lexicon, which will explain to you the meaning of the Greek or Hebrew word. This is yeah. like extra credit for the people. <laughs> um, but it it helps because again, like, it gives you an expanded understanding. Oh, my English word can't fully communicate the meaning of this world. And so I get to see it a little bit. Fuller. Yeah. Um, and so those are websites I go to. Logos is a great tool. Logos is a paid tool. Um, and so there are several different options for resources. It's kind of like a resource library 
But if you're looking to, I want to be a serious Bible student. I want to dig in. I'm here for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, Logos is um, something worth checking out. In my head, I've always said Logos. So clearly. Um, no, you might be right. I might be wrong. No, I don't even think I've ever heard it. I just, when I see it, I'm like Logos. Logos. And then you're saying it. I'm like Logos or however you said it. I'm, like, wow. I'm probably wrong. I'm no, just, I'm probably wrong. Right. It's going to just say it with confidence. That's all. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to overwhelm anyone because of course, like taking one step is a brave step and it's amazing. Like, again, I'm doing the Bible recap again. And so Tara Lee Cobble says all the time, like just the fact that you're here today showing up, reading scripture, like that's a step. That's amazing. So I don't want to overwhelm anyone, but do you have any other resources, either of your own or anything else that you want everyone to know about? Yeah. Um, for the woman who's like, hey, I've been doing this a while and I need something different. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've been doing is, feels like kind of stale. There's a couple of different options that are kind of like in between Sunday school and seminary. Mm-hmm. One I would recommend is Lifeway Women's Academy. Uh, they are on-demand classes that you can take at your leisure that will take you through different categories of learning about our faith. So they have introduction to how to study the Bible. Good. So, I mean, you have, I think there's, there's got to be several classes, like nine or 10 sessions, an hour each that's going to break down for you how to study the Bible. Uh, they have introduction to theology. So what are the basic faiths we hold to as Christians? And you get explanation on that. We'll have ones coming up on the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, and so giving you a summary of both of those sections of Scripture and so if you're like, I want something more, I want something that's going to make my brain hurt just a little bit, mm-hmm. that's a great resource for you that you can do online at your own pace. The Gospel Coalition also has opportunities to learn in a cohort of women. So if you want to learn in community with some people, the Gospel Coalition Women Initiative, I don't I don't know kind of what the official name for yeah. it is, okay. but they we'll offer. Find we'll find it. We'll link it. Yeah. And then I just encourage people to be just really good readers. I try to share books on my Instagram that have been really helpful in my journey and that our journey of learning is just that, a journey. And we would keep challenging ourselves a little bit at a time. We're not trying to scale mountains in two days, Mm -hmm. uh, but that we would just continue learning about God because it's so well that has no bottom to it. Mm. So we would just keep swimming (laughs) literally until the Lord returns. I love that. Just be a good reader too. It's super helpful. That's good. Okay, one more question, and then we'll do a final word of encouragement. But for you personally, what is something that, whether it's a topic or a portion of scripture that has been messy for you, that's been tough for you to wrestle through, Mm -hmm. um, but now you've come to a point where you're like, man, I wrestled through that, and I feel like God has really revealed himself. Yeah, I will always say the messy portion of scripture is how women are treated in scripture, Mm -hmm. specifically the Old Testament. And so you see some things in the Old Testament that you're kind of like, like, did that really just happen? (laughs) Like my daughter says, that's cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cringe. And that's, that's just a hard place to make sense of really quickly. And so over the years and in conversation with other people, I love the beauty of conversation and how it helps you learn Mm -hmm. um, and challenges you it just, what I read through scripture of the Old Testament, for me, it's not a description of God's will necessarily for the world. Like it's his desire for these bad things to happen to humanity. It's what happens because of sin. Mm-hmm. And he has given us the free will, to choose to walk in the way of him and to walk in the way of sin. And what we see is a description of people choosing themselves over mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And the Bible describing what really happened. What really happened. And a lot of times what really happens is really horrific and traumatic. Mm-hmm. And yes, God is good. Yes, God can redeem. Like I just see from the pages of screens, the need for Jesus, the need for redemption, because there's no way on our own that we're ever going to do right. Left to our own devices, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And so what I also see is a God's love for women and love for the same words of flourishing that he speaks uh, in Genesis goes to men and to women. And so when it comes to the messy parts for me, it's like, how can, and that's why the story of scripture helps for me so much, is how can I see it not just in this one passage, but through the entirety of the scripture? Mm-hmm. How do I see it through the person and work of Jesus Christ? How do I look at history and culture and even some of the, like the household codes, right? Well, I'm not going to fill your inbox, Jen, of <laughs> the things <laughs> talking, but it is, we look at what culture Paul was in, they had their own household codes. Mm-hmm. And if you compare Paul's to the ones of his day, Paul was actually giving life to women in what he was mm-hmm. saying. 
And so it's those things that have helped me redeem what it's like. I, I don't know how you feel about women to know you have a love and desire for our flourishing. And what I see is sin, but what I see also is the power of redemption and giving life to those society wants to take it from. Um, but that's a journey. That's been some study. And then also just been of, in the places I don't understand, I trust that you are who you say you are. Mm. Period. That's good. That's really good. Did the way that Jesus treated women and empowered women redeem some of that for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see, especially in the book of Luke, Luke talks about women the most. Yeah. Um, Luke the Gentile. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of outside of the the normal lines. (laughs) The normal lines. And Jesus, the time he spends, the conversations he has, um, the ways he doesn't shame mm-hmm. the women caught in adultery. And you're always like, where's the dude? Oh, like, I'm telling you. <laughs> and he doesn't shame her or condemns her. Mm-hmm. He sets her off to walk in a path of holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman with the issue of blood. And mm-hmm. so I think about the detail that's given about her situation in Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke could have just said this woman was sick and she touched Jesus's hem and she became healed. But he talks about how she spent all her money going to all these doctors, mm-hmm. trying to get healing. And she was still in the same situation. He humanizes her. Yeah. You can feel her pain, all she's experienced. And we continually see Jesus humanize those in society wanted to dehumanize. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a beauty in that. So yeah, very much so. Or his relationship with Mary and Martha mm-hmm. um, and their brother Lazarus. And you just see just the beauty there. So very much have been inspired by Jesus' interactions with women and love for women during his time here on earth. Mm-hmm. I love after he rises again, that he appears to Mary and then tells her to go tell the dudes. Right. Right. <laughs> that he's alive. Yeah, exactly. So good. So good. Okay. Well, I could talk to you forever, but as we wrap up, yeah. do you have maybe just one final thing that whoever's listening, that something you just want them to hear and carry with them? Yeah. No matter what it is, no matter what situation No matter how hard, no matter how long, there is always hope Mm. Uh, that you would walk knowing that God has not forgotten you, that he sees you and has more for you, and that you would believe that as you go throughout your day, pick your kids up from the pickup line, try to navigate a difficult marriage, sickness, financial difficulty, or just blah kind of day. Um, That with our God, we always have hope and that we would show up in the world like that. Um, not as people who are hopeless, but we don't know if things can change. They can and will because we serve a God who changes things. That's good. That's so good. Well, Elizabeth, you are a gem. So everyone go follow her, yeah. call her Liz because she's cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just so grateful for your time. Yeah, definitely. It really means a lot. It was great. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, all of the many resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes, as well as how to find and follow Elizabeth. As always, we'd love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find us at The Messy Table Podcast. And if you happen to be interested, you can subscribe to this podcast for free, however you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. And that way, when a new episode goes live, it'll come straight to your phone. And as we slow these episodes down during summer months, it's also the perfect time to catch up on any previous episodes you might've missed. And so happy listening, happy summer. And as you head back into your week, don't forget, that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.